This is the Robotics Roundtable podcast from News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM, highlighting area robotics teams, leaders, and students, presented by Berrien Springs Public Schools. Together, inspiring students to think, learn, achieve, and care in a global community by Eagle Technologies. Become a part of their next generation of success. Apply for our apprenticeship program at eagletechnologies.com and Lakeshore Public Schools. Supporting and offering STEM education, science, technology, education, and math. Grounded in tradition, committed to excellence. Here's your host, Tim Dunai. Hello and welcome to Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. I am Tim Dunai and I'm happy to be your host again. Joining me is my co-host, Mr. Brian Sorensen. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing good, Tim. I'm excited to, to be here again. We're going to continue the education process of Brian. We've been doing this a couple of weeks now, and uh, by the end of the season, he's going to become a first aficionado, and uh, next thing you know, he'll probably be leading up his own team or something down the road. We meet here every Tuesday to discuss uh, high school robotics with teams from the Southwest Michigan area. In addition to hearing us on the radio, you can see video of our discussion on WSGM's Facebook page and locate the past Robotics Roundtable podcast on WSGM.com. Today, we are joined by the Average Joes from St. Joseph, Michigan. In the world of FIRST Robotics, every team has an assigned team number, and this is Team 3620. Welcome, Average Joes. You guys can wave even for the for the Facebook camera. Well, I want to thank you for taking time away from uh, what is the midst of a busy season, uh, whether you're going to competitions or preparing for competitions or recovering from competitions. I know it's been a busy season so far, and we're anxious to hear about it. I know Brian and I both have questions and want to know how the average Joes are doing. But before we getting to know how you're doing, I think we really should start with getting to know who you are. So I'd like to do some introductions, and we're going to start with ladies first, if you would introduce yourself. Okay, so hi guys, my name is Heron Mai, but you can call me H. I am a senior, I've been on the Average Joes for four years. I am currently the CAD lead and I'm part of Chairman's team. Okay, very good. And how about Ben? Hello, my name is Ben. This is my first year on Average Joes. I have done robotics in middle school and I'm a freshman. I am part of the scouting and strategy, strategy team. Okay. Uh, Drew? Hi, my name is uh, Drew. This is my fourth year on the Average Joes, and then I am the uh, programming lead. Programming lead. And our last student, Thomas? Hi, my name is Thomas. I am a senior this year. I've been on the Average Joes for four years. I am on the strategy team, and I help with the build team as well. All right. And no team of students does without having a mentor. So representing all of the mentors for the Average Joes tonight, we have. Hi, my name is Dan Austin. I'm the technical coach for the Average Joes. I've been supporting robotics for about five years and the Average Joes for the last three. All right, great. Thank you, guys. So we have we have quite a bit of uh, experience, and then we've got the the one rookie to the the path moving forward is all on your shoulders, Ben, it sounds like, <laughs> with the help of, of having a mentor there too. So um got a you know a couple of things that kind of pop into my mind right away when I um and this can be, you know, whoever wants to jump in and answer this question. Um 
I'm curious, what draws you to FIRST Robotics? As a, first of all, maybe let's start as a mentor. Dan, you've been involved for a while. So what draws you? What keeps you coming back year after year? Yeah, I, what started me getting drawn in is just my sons being involved with robotics and a chance to just be shoulder to shoulder with your kids is what gets you started. But then as you get into it, I'm an engineer by training. So it's a great way to be able to be with students, expose them to things I've learned, being a part of industry, uh, be able to coach them along the ways of problem solving and team working and just leveraging what I've learned and be able to share with that with them and at a younger age and get them at exposure and just feel like that gives them a leg up going forward. And are your, are your children still involved or are they moved on? My oldest son is still involved. He's a senior this year. Um, he's also okay. part of the scouting team. And uh, so he'll be moving on and going into mechanical engineering next year. Okay. And just out of curiosity, I mean, so you want to be shoulder to shoulder and working with the students. Have you acquired skill sets from the students, you know, over the five years that you've been involved um, that you you didn't expect that you would be able to to learn things from them? Well, you know, as much as anything, what I appreciate from these students is just how well they, you know, the spirit of first and cooperation and mutual respect. And I watch these students, how well they respect one another and how just how well they treat one another. So it beyond the technical side, just how much I see them growing as human beings and just how well they treat each other. And that's just been a great example to me of watching how they treat one another as teammates um, and how they treat other team members from other teams as well. That's probably been probably one of the neatest things to see. I would uh, I would summarize that I've heard from several people that have been involved with FIRST for a long time. Um, kind of gives you hope for the future when you when you get to work um, with students such as the ones that we're, you know, that we are meet and mingle with throughout the entire robotic season. H, so, you know, Dan referenced the spirit of FIRST. And, you know, if you, there's no right or wrong answer, but tell me what you think of as the spirit of first and all those good things that he just said about you as students. I mean, what I think the spirit of first really means is just coming together to learn very, like, cool ideas. For example, like, you know, I, when I first joined robotics, I didn't know what a, you know, a Nilex screw was, but now I know all of these cool, like, terms. And, like, it just, you know, can bring a whole different type of family together. Spirit of First in what I think is just coming together and learning more about robotics and having fun just, you know, being geeks and all of that. It's cool to be a geek in this world. Definitely is. is. There's a lot of there there's a lot of fun there. Um how how long have you did you just participate in, in first um at the high school level? Did you do anything in previous levels? I have started first since middle school. I started in eighth grade. And okay. ever since then, I loved it. I mean, I joined because my mom forced me to. But ever <laughs> since then, I mean, I loved it. Like spending time with everyone and then like getting to know different varieties. I mean, first, honestly, set my future career for me. I discovered what I want to be through robotics first. So what is that that you're interested in doing? So I want to do business. And that all stemmed from me being part of chairman's Um last year as well. It's where we came up to judges and we spoke about our team and how much we help our community and all of that. 
process of research and presenting to judges really like I really loved it I fell in love with it and then I spoke to our you know business coaches and our other coaches about you know this type of career and I learned more about it and now I'm planning on being a business major very good very good any idea where you might be going school-wise uh right now I'm planning to go to IU because okay only except Bloomington Bloomington Very good business school. Kelly Business School is a very good business school. So we're going to go the other end of the spectrum. So from all the experience to to Ben, um, so you participated. The average Joes are getting ready to head to another event, but you participated in an event uh, a couple weeks ago uh, that was hosted at St. Joe's High School, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Tell me, because H said she really enjoyed the experience of getting to talk to the judges. Mm -hmm. Did you get to interact at all with the judges um, or other mentors from other teams? And and how did you enjoy that experience? So I wasn't able to interact with the judges because I I believe at the time that we did judging, I was at school. And I uh, bothered to get excused from my classes. Um, But interacting with the mentors as like part of the strategy team, that's something that's really fun because I... At the start of competition, I go around and do pit scouting so that I go around to, uh, like, all the pits. I uh, directly interview the teams and I about things about their robot. Uh, and then during line selection, if there's, like, say, there's a team behind us that we might be considering, we might go on over and ask them a question or two. Or after uh, something, after line selection, we'll have a short discussion with another, uh, maybe another team or something like that to see what we think, just share our opinions. So when you're doing your, your interviewing pit interviews and talking with other teams, are you interacting with other students or are you interacting with other mentors or is it a combination? Uh, a combination, mostly students. But if there's a mentor there, they might chip in a few th- words or two. And did you feel comfortable right from the get-go with doing that, that it, those, those interactions, especially with the, the sometimes with the interactions with the adults? I mean, no problem at all doing that and enjoyable well, when I got handed, like, when I pick up the tablet and I'm going to go, like, scout a whole row of the pits, it's, like, kind of overwhelming because I see, like, 20 pits down there with, like, 100 people. But then mm-hmm. when I go over into each individual pit, I only see five kids, maybe one mentor. So that really helps bring down the stress. Yeah, I can imagine some of that stress level. But the task is at hand, so you have to get it done. So you really don't have time to deal with being too freaked out about it. You just got to go get the work done, right? Yes. Yeah. So, Brian, we're, we're, we're a little bit better than halfway through meeting uh, the average Joes here. And uh, I know when we come back, I want to touch base with Drew and Thomas. And then I also want to talk with the team about, I mentioned a little bit, they were a host team for the event that we were able to participate in. So I'd like to talk with them a little bit about that, uh, the experience of being the host team. And then we'll get to find out about the performance they've had throughout the season and what their plans are for the remainder of the season. Yeah, uh, we'll be uh, back shortly. Uh, We will talk to the rest of the team of the Average Joes from St. Joseph High School on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Now, more from the Robotics Roundtable, thanks to Lakeshore Public Schools, Eagle Technologies, and Berrien Springs Public Schools on WSJM. Welcome back to the Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. I'm Brian Sorensen with my co-host Tim Denai. Tim, before the break, we had met half of the average Joes, Team 3620 from St. Joe's High School. Now we get to meet the rest of the team. 
It, well, we're going to say that we met half of what is represented on our meeting. Just out right. of curiosity, how many, what's the size, the, the number of mentors roughly and team members on the average Joes? Anybody? So for students, so for student wise, we're in the uh, 30s. Uh, it kind of depends. It kind of fluctuates, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure we're in the mid 30s, upper 30s, somewhere around there. Okay. And mentors, mentors, I'd say we're, we're six to ten, and okay. a lot more parents that help with meals and all sorts of other support that helps make the team work. The uh, yeah, the parents. We talked uh, last week with the Green Engineers, Brian, if you recall, and uh, Darren Gilson, who is the lead mentor, the coach for the Green Engineers. Um, he stated that uh, um, the reason he got involved is he wasn't quick enough leaving the first time he dropped his son off. So that's yeah. kind of how the, the mentors and parents go. Um, Drew, you talked. You, you kind of gave us some numbers there um, about you know how many people are on the team. So let's talk a little bit about the roles that Drew, you, and and Thomas have. Where uh, Drew, you said that you're involved in programming, and Thomas, you're involved in strategy and in build. So if we go back to the second weekend in January and the robot game is revealed to us, and that's where we start to develop what the strategy is for how you're going to tackle the game. So can you guys kind of walk me through maybe, you know, whoever wants to take lead here, Thomas, if you look at strategy and the build of the robot, how did you guys start to put together a game plan for how the average Joes were going to attack um, Rapid React? Yeah, so for the beginning, one of our main things was we want to be able to traversal climb and we want to shoot in high hub and we want to be able to shoot wherever we can. So some ways we did this was we decided we wanted a turret, which we designed we for the first time ever, which was a struggle, but it turned out great. We're still working on that to this day. You know, it's a never ending project with the turret. And lastly, our, our bat, we have a, some things with our shooter that allows us so the ball does not bounce out. We have a backspin wheel. So once we do get a ball in the air, there's a really good chance that it will stay inside that polycarb funnel at the top of the hub. So for some of the people who might be listening on the radio or just first time tuning in, so we're talking about the hub. So we have a structure in the middle of the, the field of play that you're shooting into. The traversal is where we're going up basically monkey bars with a robot. We're climbing up. Um, so traversal is to be able to get to the highest level of that. And then the turret gives you the ability, if I'm correct, to, to do, is it 360 degrees of rotation that you have on the turret, or is it more limited than that? We have some uh, dead zones because we can't shoot through the uh, climbers. They stick up on the sides. And then okay. The just can't shoot between those, I mean, on those. But we have a pretty pretty good range of motion. It's about so does your okay? So you okay? So you pretty much do a full sweep, and there are some dead zones where you're not shooting. Okay, so that gives you some in the strategy. Now your robot can be doesn't have to be necessarily facing. It's a matter of where you can get the turret turned. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So so that evolves the you know we come up with the strategy and then the mechanical design. And then someone's got to make all the magic happen, Drew. So, so speak up for all the control for the for all the programmers out there. What, what do you see as your task? And are you developing your tasks um, separate from the team, or are you working with the build team as to what you know what the end goal is going to be? Yeah, so we work really closely. Um, in fact, at the beginning of every night before we start. 
Uh, we have we have a whole team meeting and everybody says exactly what they're working on. So we know we're working on the same page. Uh, and if we aren't working on this, if, if we're not working on the same page, we're going to be, it, it's just not going to work at all. So we really need to be connected to each other and work as closely as we can together. And then as far as, um, so that very first week or two where we are developing our strategy, what can the programmers do from that standpoint as far as starting to generate any kind of code? Is there anything that you're actually able to start generating code or are you just kind of building a structure for subroutines or something that you might be able to utilize? Yeah, so uh, so one of the things that we can always work, that we can work on almost right away is vision. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of this year. Uh, our, our vision system is, I think, what really, what really puts us above most teams. Uh, so that is something that we can always work on. And then something else, we can also, we can start building, like you said, the substructures of the basic concepts of everything. Uh, we obviously don't know exactly what motors and everything like that, but we do know, we, we do have a rough idea. And as time goes on, we have a clearer and clearer picture of what exactly we have to do. Okay. So I'm just curious, um, both Thomas and Drew, uh, you're part of groups and you are seniors. Uh, how many how many people make up the, the group of programmers? And is it a wide, um, anything from freshman to senior, or is it heavy one way? So in programming, we have a lot more younger underclassmen. Um, typically, there's about seven, there's about seven, seven or eight programmers that normally show, that normally come at night. Uh, so we're really, we're really, we're really lucky to have a lot of underclassmen to really be able to carry us forward in the future years. And then Thomas, what about you from a build standpoint? Is that a mix? Uh, and how many do we have? Roughly? Yeah, it is, def- it is definitely a mix. There are maybe a little more young underclassmen, but there are probably about 10 to 15 uh, build students that show up, you know, every, every so often. Okay. Um, and so Dan, you're, you're getting to watch some of this. I mean, this is kind of the hook that keeps you coming is you get to see the strategy, the evolving strategy, and then the interplay between the, the mechanical, the build and, and the programming. Um, are there points where you go, I know as a parent, sometimes we can jump in and go, let me show you the way. Do you jump in? Do you step back and kind of go, we got to let this play its way out? Yeah. I, my bias is to jump in. I, I, I need to learn to put my hands in my pockets. Um, so, you know, it, you know, that's where a place, you know, it's a growing experience even for the mentors, you know, how to even mentor better and how to pull, how to have leading questions. And, you know, so there's a place where the mentors are even trying to grow in that way. But really what you're trying to do is you're trying to help coordinate the right conversations between the student groups. And then you're also trying to help them understand how each of these puzzle pieces has to fit to make the greater system work. Um, and we have great, Lessons learned from previous seasons where, hey, two teams went off, one team made a shooter, one team made a, a gear placement, and they got together, and both systems are great, but they didn't both fit on the robot. So, you know, we had those great lessons learned. We were able to carry from previous series, um, seasons, and share those with the students as learning models to help them understand why we're doing some of the things that we're doing. And I think the lessons learned piece is key, even to the discussion about do you jump in? Um you can give an answer and say, this is, you know, here's the problem we're trying to avoid, or you can stand back and let the problem occur. So then it drives home the reason we don't want to go down that path again. And I think I would agree that it's probably a learning process for everybody. Even H is, is nodding over there. She's preparing for the chairman's award presentation. She's looking over there again. You guys really need to work this out. Okay. 
Um, so, so tell me, I mean, strategy and everything came together. How did you guys do competition wise? You hosted an event. Um, so we'll talk about the hosting in a bit, but how did you perform uh, robot wise? So for our event, we lost in the semifinal round. Uh, we lost to the number one alliance, uh, Strike Force and Trisonics. And, but we, we were definitely one of the better bots out on the field. With our data, showed us to be in the top three. Uh, we definitely performed well, maybe better than what we expected, but obviously we wanted to win. But that's not what FIRST is about. FIRST is about the process. And all in all, our team had a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. So I'd say we did pretty good for our first event. Yeah, I pulled up a little of information, and Brian, I, I showed you last week, you know, even after we got done with our interview, we went on to the Blue Alliance and looked up information. There's just everything to find. So you guys were ranked fifth after the qualifications, which is an awesome spot to be. Um, you know that you're going to be an Alliance captain at, you know, if you're fortunate or you're going to be picked by somebody. So that's good. And then also um, there was a, a, an award that you won. Who wants to talk about that Excellence in Engineering Award that you guys picked up? Yeah, so uh, so excellence in engineering is uh, is a really cool award. Um, so it's about desi- it's not just about the best robot; it's about who can about designing the robot. So something that we implemented this year was a uh, stress testing uh, because our robot is is U shaped. Uh, we wanted to make sure it can hold the weight and how much weight it could hold. So I, I believe H can speak on this a lot better than I can. But uh, in the stress testing, we saw areas where it was weaker and where it was stronger. So we knew where to reinforce and where to uh, where we didn't have to and where we could save weight. To pick up on what Drew said, um, uh, we have this new software uh, for CAD. We use Onshape now before we had SolidWorks. And in Onshape, one of the greatest things that we could do is we could test uh, where the stress are located in our robot. So all we do is we run a little program and it just gives us where our weak points are for our robot. And we included these in our judges book and all of those so the judges could see that we took account to everything to make our robot as perfect as we can and i feel like this is a really great part or a really great um important part that helped us with this award yeah i would say so again my role at the event is i'm the judge advisor so i sit in the judges room and I wait for information to come back. And I will tell you that that was a key piece of, of the information. And it was the fact that also as a team, you stressed it. I didn't mean to say it that way, but you emphasized it. How's that? Um, but it was very impressive to a group of mechanical engineers, machine builders, who in their day-to-day business, that's what they do. They understand the importance of what you did. And the fact that the team could talk about that as a whole and explain that was valuable pieces of information. So you're, you, you don't know it yet, but you, you're interviewing for your future jobs at that point where you're having the discussion and being able to talk about those things. And some of those, some of those tangibles that you learn along the way that help you with first where you might end up going down the road. Um, speaking of down the road, Brian, down the road, when we come back from commercial, I think we're going to talk to these guys about, um, you know, discussing a little bit more about awards, what the team's goals might be, and then also talk a little bit about uh, hosting an event, the work that goes into it, the reward that comes out of it, and how that affects them when they go to another event and they watch the work that's happening. Oh, absolutely. I, being a first-time uh, viewer of all of it, just to see everything that 
was set up and everything. I'd love to hear what goes into all of that. And we'll talk more with the Average Joes, Team 3620 from St. Joseph High School on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Now, more from the Robotics Roundtable, thanks to Lakeshore Public Schools, Eagle Technologies, and Berrien Springs Public Schools on WSJM. Welcome back to Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. I'm Brian Sorensen with Tim Denied. Tim, during the break, I was uh, asking the question, as the rookie here for all of this, um, how does how do these kids become involved in robotics? Like, how would a, a kid that is interested in it become a member of the robotics team and how they progress? That's, that's an excellent question. And there's there's different methods for every team that I've seen in my in my 12 years of being involved. And I'm sure the Joes have a different way of doing it, too. So let's kind of get perspective of, Ben, you're the newest member. So how did you get involved, get introduced, uh, become aware of being a part of the average Joes? So it started in uh, eighth grade. I had been part of robotics since uh, third grade when I joined the Lego League. And that was the really catalyst for me, really liking robotics. And I've just been wanting to involve with robotics. And there's a there's links when you you can use to join the team. Uh, there's other resources like if you go to the expo, there will be information there. So we'll talk a little bit about the expo. I'm just curious though. I mean, from being involved all the way through Lego League, is there discussion amongst the group of friends that you're with that you know what are you are you going to do this next year? Is there talk amongst that that keeps people excited and interested through middle school and high school? Um, yeah, I've been trying to inch my friend group into joining robotics, but they're not budging so far. But definitely so, within like. Uh, the robotics team itself, there's definitely talk about like who's going to, who's going to stay, who's going to convince their friends to join. Good. So H talk a little bit about um, an expo and what the team does to reach out and to find the young Ben in third grade, to hook him into wanting to join. So the expo is something that our team hosts in the spring. So it's a event where families from the school district could come in and learn more about first and all the programs we have to offer we have little boots from ranging from FLL Explorer, which are kindergarten to third grade, all the way to our FRC team, which is our ninth to 12th graders. We have pamphlets, and then we have our robots that we have from, you know, FLLs to FTC, which is our middle school, and then our FRC, we have robot demonstration. And then uh, if they couldn't attend uh, IRL, we have it on our Facebook page. And it's just a way to get the message of first out so like more people can learn about it and more, more people can get interested about it. It's just a way for more people to join. And uh, I'm just curious, I mean, the, the we've gone through a transition as a, as a whole community. Do you find people now that are a little hesitant or are there more people that are interested in getting involved? Last year was a down year kind of for all teams. So how is that that recruiting process gone this year? Uh, it did go down, but at the same time, I also think that it went up. I know that's kind of contradicting, but what happened is like more people got to know what first is because more people are telling us because uh, in that COVID year, we came up with many different ideas to um, get that word out that, hey, we had work for a robotics team, come join us. And we have branched out to our elementary schoolers. So when I was, you know, youngin, I didn't have 
uh, FLL. I didn't have like all of those robotics ever since middle or elementary school. It started from middle school. But now like my sister, she joined ever since she was in elementary school. Like that branching got farther and farther out. So more kids can get into first from a very young age. Would you guys agree that hosting an event helps with that recruiting process? Oh, definitely. Uh, I remember the first time, uh, first time I got introduced into it, I think I was in, I believe I was in second grade and I went with my parents, uh, just as something fun to do on a Saturday. I, w- I was just amazed by it, kind of mesmerized by the giant machines bigger than me, just going around all over the place. Um, I think, I think that really helps get young kids. Uh, uh, even for example, my neighbor, uh, had, had her children went to just see what it was about. And I think, I think we just, hooks three more uh three more people into the FLL uh community so thomas i'm curious as the builder do you do you think what do you think is more of a hook the competition or people walking through the pits young thomas walking through and seeing the pits what was your impression of that also my first time seeing a robot was was actually at our red ball and tech festival. And I saw this big old robot shooting this huge red ball. You know, that was like, wow, I want to be a part of that. So I would say probably coming into our event. So students through lunch, you know, sometimes they might wander down and peek their head into our gym and, and watch our matches or watch the event. You know, some of them next year, we see them in the stands with us, not actually just wandering to the school. So I'd say the event is really a big help for us recruiting people. And I, I would, I mean, a quick one, Dan, which one's more the hook for you, the competition itself or the pits? Oh, the, the competition is, I think where it really sets the hook for everybody. I mean, it, it's where it becomes real. I mean, if you hear about, okay, somebody's building a robot, uh, but, but once you're in and you're rooting for these alliances and shouting red alliance, blue alliance, and everybody's jumping up and down True. and shouting, and you're losing your voice, you know, that, that just really just pulls everybody in. For me, I'm going to use H's terms for the geek. The, the robot game is the hook. If I come to an event for 30 minutes, 10 minutes is watching the competition. The 20 minutes other than that is in the pits, watching what, what happens in the pits just from pit to pit is just simply amazing to me at least. So the team, I'd like you guys to talk a little bit about, there's a lot of work behind the scenes that goes into putting together an event. And then there's this emotional high after you do well with an event, you have to tear down the event and clean up everything. Tell me about that process of, you know, as a team, the pride you have in being able to do that, host the event, and how that affects you when you go to other events and um, you see how much work that those teams are putting in. Who wants to take a lead on that? I could take a lead on that. I've been helping uh, set up this event since I was a freshman, so I know how much work it really is to like lift all those heavy boards, put them in, or even just like bringing the teams in, helping organize all of that. And not only me, but our entire team recognizes the amount of work and dedication is needed to build and host an event. And we want to give back. So we, what we do is we normally try and stay uh, after, you know, we have our Lansing competition in a few days. What we do is we stay after help clean up a bit to at least, you know, uh, help those teams. We know how much work they put in. A little bit of help could also help them hurry up and get to go home and go to bed. 
Yeah, and go to bed, definitely. It's, <laughs> you know, and it, I would say all of that process, though, is something I would imagine in your chairman's award when you're talking and preparing for that, that's, you're doing it for the right reasons, but it, there is a benefit to you in submitting for chairman's award, correct? Yes. I mean, yeah, I may have not just completely just said the exact lines for my. <laughs> Very good. So you're, you're, you're practicing for your next event. Um, when we come back, we're going to allow the teams to, or the team members to give a shout out. Um, lots of shout outs to be given. So uh, we'll let them come up with uh, the person or group of people that they most want to thank. So they're on the clock to think about it, Brian. All right. And we'll be back to wrap up our discussion with the, the Average Joe's Team 3620 from St. Joseph High School on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Now, more from the Robotics Roundtable, thanks to Lakeshore Public Schools, Eagle Technologies, and Berrien Springs Public Schools on WSJM. Welcome back to our final segment on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM, the Robotics Roundtable. I'm Brian Sorensen with Tim Denai, and we're wrapping up our discussion with the Average Joes of St. Joseph High School, Team 3620. So we've got to that point in the uh, in the show where a little bit of gratitude is always great for people to show. Um, someone listening on the radio loves to hear that someone appreciates they what uh, what all is they've done for somebody. So we're going to allow the the students and mentor to to give some shout outs here. Uh, they can thank anybody they want to, um, and I always default to if you can't think of anybody, thank your parents because you want to eat. That's the way it goes. So, again, we're going to start with ladies first. We're going to put the pressure on you, H. All right. Um, I have three people or slash groups I want to thank. I want to thank my parents, especially my mom, for forcing me to join robotics. I really love it. I would like to thank Morgan and Carrie for introducing me to, like, a whole new family and treating me like one of their daughters or grandchildren because I called them grandmama. And I would like to thank uh, Edward J. Todd for helping us and providing our innovation center. And that was a donation that built the Innovation Center where you guys work out of and also FRC and FLL get to play in there too, correct? Correct. Good, good. Um, Drew, how about you, sir? Yeah, so I'd like to start off by thanking, uh, thanking the programming team. Uh, they've all put in a whole bunch of hours uh, working constantly, uh, tirelessly. I think a lot of nights they get home past my bedtime, past their bedtime, <laughs> Uh, and then secondly, I'd like to thank my parents. They've always, uh, for putting up with so much, uh, me not being around a whole lot. And then thirdly, I want to be able to thank my friends, uh, for, for putting up with a lot of what I do, uh, cause it's just so much work, uh, putting up with it and just being able to be someone to talk to and even like think something through for a third set of eyes. Drew, I, and you were mentioning that I, I, I love the fact the shout out for the for the programming team because of that work that also benefited you guys in in the competition, correct? Oh, tremendously, definitely, yeah. Good. So it's good to know. So you're a great leader because you gave them a little bit of a shout out. Now you're going to tell them double down and get some more work done, correct? Definitely. <laughs> Excellent, Thomas. How about you? Oh yeah. So first off, I just like to say thank you to the parents, not just mine, but everyone. As a team, we parents take up opportunities to feed us, and without them, you know, we we'd be starving. At the beginning of every com- at, at beginning of every meeting, we come in and thank you to them for getting us some food. Some of it's really good. Uh, thank you to coaches and mentors, Dan, 
you're great, man. Um, and also the fellow students, it's, it's a, it's definitely a brotherhood, a fellowship. Um, you know, we're, this is almost, you know, we're more together than a sports team. Uh, we spend more time together. I played, a, uh, played soccer. Uh, we work together longer every day and, you know, we just bond together. We grow together. So yeah, that's just great. Ben, how about you? So firstly, I'd like to thank my dad. He's the one who originally introduced me to like the FLL, the Lego teams. Uh, and then who convinced or forced, however you want to put it, to stay with it through middle school and high school. Uh, and he's also actually a mentor at uh, Average Joe's, and he helps with uh, building stuff. Uh, secondly, I'd like to thank our drive, coach, uh, drive coaches, Stuart and Mark. They really encouraged me to help uh, stay with the strategy and scouting team. They really give me feedback on what I'm doing right and what I need to improve on. And they're just, they're just really helpful. And lastly, I would like to thank all of our coaches as a whole. And like Thomas said, you're great, Dan. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Dan, now now I'm just going to refer to you as Dan the Great. So Dan ah. the Great, <laughs> who do you want to give a shout-out to? Uh, so many to give shout-outs to. Uh, sponsors, I mean, and they sponsor us in multiple ways, both in terms of helping with the, the economic side of things, but then also, you know, need model shop parts or special help with specific CAD design parts. They'll help us out there. Um, and then a, a big shout out, not only to the parents that bring meals in, but I'd say a shout out to all the trailing spouses and trailing significant others that uh, I am gone a lot. And, um, and I know the other coaches and mentors are as well. And so appreciate to everybody who affords us the time to, to spend the time with the team and, and, and build into these students' lives and into the team's team as a whole. Yeah, I, the, the phrase is robots, uh, robotics widow. That's what I've heard uh, during the robotic season. A lot of wives suddenly don't see their husbands. Um, and I've heard that phrase quite often. Um, I want to give a couple of quick shout outs here, too. And um, Ben, this one will be near and dear to your heart. At the St. Joe competition, our guest speaker thrown into it at the last moment was Brett Olison, who uh, Brett is a past mentor for the for the average Joes. Jumped in as an event coordinator last minute to kind of help out, and he gave probably one of the most rousing speeches and called out not the engineers, the designers, but the scout team, and um, said that you guys were what was it? Um, it was information detectives, I think, is what yeah. he stated. You guys were, um, and it was awesome that he gave that shout out. And I think a shout out to Brett for making the trip from Wisconsin then back to Wisconsin. Um, it was it was good to see him and have him a part of it. I also want to give a shout out to a couple of teams that participated last weekend up in Muskegon, and that is Team Fifty Fifty Six Megahertz out of Buchanan and Team Forty Eight Fifty Five Ramageddon from South Haven. They made it to the quarterfinals. Unfortunately, they lost in the quarterfinals, uh, but it was a best of three, and it went to three matches. And the uh, the team Ramageddon 4855 did walk away with the engineering inspiration recognition. So that moves them to the point where they will be in or they will be interviewed, excuse me, at the state competition. They're a robot. They're not certain if it will compete yet because it still has to qualify. But they will interview for engineering inspiration at the Michigan State Championship, which is quite an accomplishment for any team. Uh, as a matter of fact, I know the average Joes in past years have been recognized for engineering inspiration, so it does mean a lot to the teams. Speaking of uh, the rest of the season, just we had a couple minutes or so here yet. Where are you guys headed next, you said, for your next event competition? We are heading to Lansing. Uh, the forward team, kind of like the scouters, pits crew, pit crew, and uh, drive team, we're all heading there on Thursday right after school, and then everyone, everyone else comes along at Friday. 
Friday morning when the competitions begins. All right. And then, um, so where are you guys ranked right now, state rankings? I'm sure you might have an idea. We are currently placed 69th. 69th, and you need to be in the top? 150, I believe. Is it 150? Okay. I think so. So hopefully you guys, uh, not hopefully, you guys will do well. I'm, I'm sure of that. And the, the goal is to be able to compete at Michigan State Championship in Saginaw. And then are there hopes to, to make your way down to Houston, too? Is there a tentative plan for that? There def- most certainly is. I think there's been plans for it since it was announced that it's been moved from Detroit in October. <laughs> I, uh, I like the most definite piece. There's no optimism there, is there, Drew? I love that. Um, <laughs> Uh, as I've mentioned to a couple of teams in the past here, I will be down in Houston as a judge advisor there. I would love nothing more to, than to see uh, my adopted hometown St. Joe uh, team there. That would be awesome to see you guys. And I will tell you just one of my personal favorite things in uh, in Houston is Jackson Street Barbecue. If you get the chance, that's the place to go. So um, I want to thank you guys for taking time this week as you get ready to head up to Lansing. Best of luck to you. Enjoy your travels, safe travels. And we will uh, meet again next Tuesday. And we, uh, we look forward to interviewing another team and, and continuing, Brian, your first robotics education experience. I definitely look forward to it. Every week I learn something new. Excellent. So, again, you can listen to us on uh, WSJM 94.9. You can catch us on Facebook, uh, WSJM's Facebook page, and look on WSJM.com for past podcast of Robotics Roundtable. Until we meet again, this is Tim Denai. You've been listening to this week's Robotics Roundtable, highlighting area robotics programs, leaders, and students. Robotics Roundtable on WSJM is presented by Berrien Springs Public Schools. Together inspiring students to think, learn, achieve, and care in a global community by Eagle Technologies. Become a part of their next generation of success. Apply for our apprenticeship program at eagletechnologies.com and Lakeshore Public Schools, supporting and offering STEM education, science, technology, education, and math, grounded in tradition, committed to excellence. Listen every Tuesday at 6 for Robotics Roundtable on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM-FM Benton Harbor, St. Joseph.